morning, we're going to be in um, Philippians chapter 3, if you have your, your Bible with you this morning. If not, it'll be up on the, on the TV up here. Very seldom do I do a series um, that lasts weeks and weeks, because um, the way I preach, the way I study, the way I, I learn is, is uh, really how God's speaking to me that week. And, and sometimes I'll change even a message going from Saturday to a Sunday because God will say, I need you to talk about this instead of this. But I'm going to tackle um, a short series, and, and, and really it's, it's going to be talking about living a life of excellence. And, and this is an area that is very passionate to me uh, because I believe in doing anything you do, do it in excellence. And, um, and, and, and that's just how I was raised. You know, my grandfather told me years ago, he says, anything worth doing is worth doing right. And, and, and he set a standard of excellence. Matter of fact, I was talking with Jake last week, you know, um, you know, when I used to, uh, when I first started going out fishing with my grandfather, I remember the first time I went out there alone with him, it lasted about five minutes because I tangled our lines up. And he looked at me, he says, he says, he says, boy, he says, haven't you learned anything? He says, isn't your dad teaching you a thing? And, and he just ripped into me. And, um, and we got back to the dock, and I remember, you know, him huff, kind of huffing off. He was just a, a gruff old uh, lumberjack uh, by trade and, and a, a welder. Uh, he just, just, I mean, his hands were like tough as leather, you know, and you should know everything and anything by the time you do it. Um, but I remember him getting up to the house and, and my grandmother ripping into him a little bit. She says, Judd, the boy's five years old. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe his dad hasn't had time to teach him yet. And, and, and he, he said, uh, well, let's go down to the dock. He said, I'm going to teach you a little bit of what I know. And, and he did. And, and, and everything he did was excellent. I mean, his tackle box, I mean, I've seen tackle boxes before, and they're, they're just shattered all over the place. I mean, there's, there's hooks here, and bobbers here, and, and he had everything in place. And, and probably a type A personality, I don't know, OCD back then. They probably didn't have labels, you know, back in the, in the 60s. But, but um, I remember him finally sitting down and teaching me. And, and, and as years went on, I remember him teaching me how to clean out the boat when we're done, how to, how to hose it down, how to clean it up. Uh, you know, there was no excuse for having fish scales or fish guts or anything inside the boat. And, and what I took out of that, because he kept saying that, anything we're doing is worth doing right. And, and what I got out of that was excellence. So as I developed and I did things, I didn't always hit the mark. Because um, I, I get lazy with certain things in, in my life. Um, but that rings true in my head more times than not, is do things in excellence. And I remember going to, when I first went into ministry, you know, I was very, very young in my faith, very immature in my faith. And um, had, I, I just came to the Lord in, in Oshkosh, and then like a month or two later, we moved our printing business out to Black River Falls. Well, I came to a small church like this, and I'll tell you, if you're a new person coming to a church, they're like piranhas. I mean, they want you to do everything. They want you to take on the youth and the children's ministry. They want you to be an elder. It's like, oh my goodness, there's, there's somebody with fresh blood. I'm going to turn everything over to them. And I remember that. And, and, and I, didn't, I didn't know how to say no. 
You know, here, here I have my elders coming up and saying, hey, we want you to be an elder now. We want you to, you know, teach, teach our youth because you're the youngest guy in the, in the, in the ministry. And uh, I tackled it like I did my business. You know, I, did not, I knew nothing about really having a relationship with the Lord at that time. I mean, I knew I believed, you know, in my heart I knew I believed. I knew that, that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, but I didn't really know what that meant, um, you know, besides the basics. And, and so I started doing youth ministry, and, and we started growing because I was a coach on the football team and helping out at the school and different things, and, and our youth started growing and growing. And, and I thought, and you know what, everything I'm reading is keep these kids busy, you know, just keep them busy. So we did. I mean, I met with them three, four t- uh, days a week in the evenings, uh, just, just you know, playing games and hanging out. Uh, we'd go bowling. We'd go camping. We did all kinds of stuff. But um, remember, my brother Rick, he came and visited once. One of the only times he came and visited us. He's a pastor over in Jamestown, New York. He's just super busy, too. And uh, he said, wow, he says, your, your youth group is just huge. I can't believe how big your youth group is already. I said, yeah. He says, well, what are you doing? And I told him. And he says, that's great. He says, I've yet to hear you got the Bible up with these kids one time. I said, what do you mean? He says, well, what's your purpose? He says, anybody can hold a youth group. I mean, there's, 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 there's 4-H clubs and there's all kinds of stuff. He says, why do you gather with these kids? And I said, I don't know. I said, I, said, you know, I was asked to do youth. <laughs> I, I had no idea what I was doing. And, and finally, you know, it, it clicked in my head that, that uh, you know, my job was to model Jesus Christ for these kids who are coming into the church and to show them a path to, to the Lord. So I started getting into the Word, and, and finally it clicked in my head that there's the only way that I can honor God with the excellence I'm doing with the work I'm doing is by honoring and having excellence in my relationship with Him first. Amen? I mean, there's no way we can do all the work we're doing and come out in the, in the same kind of um, a thinking mode as it is if we're looking in the biblical way. See, a secular way, I was doing great, just like a business. I grew our business, and we, we did great. You know, youth ministry, we grew the youth ministry. I, I got the kids in, we were doing the stuff. I just didn't know that there was an actual purpose to gathering the kids. Uh, but as my relationship started developing with the Lord, and, and that, that, that uh, excellence in not just serving my Lord, but having a relationship with Him. You know, it's no different in, in having a best friend or, or, or a spouse. You know, if you don't develop those relationships, it's never going to come out the way you need it to. But I want to read from Philippians 3, 7 through 14 once. It says, But what things were gained to me? These I have counted lost for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know now him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being conformed to his death if by any means I 
I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already attained or am already perfect, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which is behind and reaching forward to those things that are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of, prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. This is Paul writing to the church of Philippi. Paul's in jail at this time. How many times that, that we have some struggles in our life, we totally shut down from God. We totally kind of just say, you know what? I can't deal with this no more. I'm suffering too much. And eventually, a lot of times, we do reach up to God, don't we? We get so far down in the hole that God is the only person that is going to be able to get us out. But it takes us a while to really think about that. But here's Paul. He's remembering back. He says, you know what? He says, I had, I had it all back together. You know, way back when, when I was persecuting the Christians, things were great. I had prestige. I had all this going on. But it wasn't for Christ. It was for me. And he tries, to, he tries to say here that, you know, he's forgetting what's behind. He's looking forward. He doesn't necessarily want to remember those times because he was persecuting the Christians. He was, he was one of the pharisaical people that were, were really trying to hold the law down really tight. And with that, you know, he was tearing the church apart, basically. But he says that here, even in jail, he says, you know what? I haven't even attained it yet. I'm far from perfect. And people, we're not talking about perfection here. There's only one person who's ever perfect. And we need him. So we have to think about that for a moment. If we're shooting for perfection, we do hit excellence in there. We can hit excellence. And that's what Paul does here. His excellence with the knowledge of knowing Jesus Christ, having that relationship with him, he is not yet apprehended at all. He's still trying to figure it out. There's a guy in a, in a movie that I watched recently, uh, Desmond Doss. Have you ever heard of him? Desmond Doss. He, he, was, uh, he was considered an objection or uh, conscientious objector in the military. He served in a tough situation. You see, his buddies, his brother, all enlisted into the, into the army to go serve. And he felt he needed to do so also. But he wasn't going to carry a gun. And he told that. He told a recruiter that. He says, I'm not going to go and I'm not going to use, use a gun because I don't believe in killing. He says, I want to be a small piece of that, that puzzle that helps put people back together and save them rather than kill them. So he enlisted and they got in the military or in the, into the, into the boot camp part of things and they came to the uh, guns and how to hold a gun and take care of it and he refused to touch it. Well, he started getting persecuted and, and the commander was calling him a, a, a coward and, and, I mean, and, and if you know what a blanket party is, I mean, it's trying to get someone in a, in, in, in a, on track of what everyone else is doing and so they'd put blankets over and they'd beat, beat the tar out of him. And even after that, they gave him an opportunity to quit and leave. And he said, no, 
He said, I came to serve. He finally got put up on a, on a, on a court-martial because one of the commanders ordered him to pick a gun up. So he refused the order. And come to find out that that was his right not to bear arms. It's his constitutional right not to bear arms. So they allowed him to go through and they ended up into the war part of things. And uh, Hacksaw Bridge, um, uh, Bridge, right? Ridge, thank you, was an area that they were trying to take over from the Japanese. And they climbed out this huge mountain, this huge uh, mountainside on these ropes. And they just got wiped out. I mean, uh, people dying all over the place. And he, he was a medic, and he'd run around, and he'd try to take care of people and that. And anyways, they, they overcame him. And the rest of them jumped down off this mountain, climbed on, off of it. And, and uh, Dawson, he stayed up on the, on the mountain. And one after another, he was taking wounded off the battlefield and lowering them down by himself down his mountain. And I think it was 52... 75, something like that, some crazy number of people that he saved. And um, at the end, he ended up coming down, and his commander, um, he, he basically apologized to him. He couldn't believe that the courage that he had. I have a clip from that, that movie. I want to show it real quick. Uh, it's about two minutes long. But uh, it gives you kind of where, where he's at.
you hear that okay? Good. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, Private Doss here, he, he took his very strong conviction of his relationship with Christ into the battlefield and where his platoon was beaten on one minute, they were looking up to him the next because of his courage and also his belief system. And now they all stood there waiting for him, what? To be praying for them to go in the battle. That's the kind of example that Jesus wants us to do. It's of excellence. To have that relationship with him where nothing wavers us. Paul, he says that. He's sitting in jail. He knows the outcome of things that are going to be coming for him. But he's saying, you know what? It's not about me. It's about Jesus. It's about my relationship with him. It's not about me being righteous by the law. It's about me being righteous through the faith of Jesus Christ. That's so important. 1 Thessalonians 4.1 says, Finally then, brethren, we urge and exhort in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more, just as you re received from us how you ought to walk and how to please God. <coughs> Our relationship with Jesus is strictly ours. It's between you and God. But it's important on how we live and how we walk and how we talk and showing excellence with our relationship with Christ to show to others. It's important for us to be able to see other people that are around us, how we're acting, how we conduct ourselves, how we take conviction in, our, in, in the ways we live, in the way we do things. And I'm not talking about legalistic here. I'm talking about a relationship with Jesus Christ. You see, when you have a relationship with Jesus, it should permeate through you out of you who he is we need to be his we need to be Jesus with skin on it's basically what we need to be we need to be that close with our Lord that we have that in excellence as we develop through the, the next few weeks we're going to be talking about different areas of our life and leading excellence and, and, and the only way we're going to do that is through a relationship with Jesus Christ so first of all, you need to know that you have to do this in excellence. You have to be in the Word. You have to be in your prayer life. You have to be in all areas of your life doing it in excellence. For who? For God. Not for you. Not even for your neighbor. Not even for that. We do it to those people because Christ did for us. His Word says that. We need to take that very strongly and look at that in a, in a new way maybe for the first time. You see, this is the only time we get this out is on Sunday mornings. We're in trouble. We're in trouble. Florence, I plan on being there Tuesday. All right. It's important. It's, it's important to gather. It's important to get together and be a part of it. There's a reason why we come to, to a church. It's not just a hangout. It's not a club. It's to re-energize. It's to encourage one another, lift up each other. Support each other. Pray for each other. You know, we're not a club. Again, if we were that, we could just go do a joint bowling league. There's something different about being in God's house and worshiping Him. Now, we can do this alone at home, but we're not reaching people that way. We need to be pushing in this community, 
join in excellence. So when we lay out our black party, everything needs to be in excellence. I saw that just doing a rummage sale. The ladies who did this, excellence. Me, I would have just threw it on the table and said, here you go. But I didn't know anything about rummage sales. I didn't know how to do it in excellence. Now I do. Fold the clothes. Put them in. I mean, make it look nice. But there's other areas of our life, our service, our tithing, our, our giving, our loving, that need to be in excellence. And you think, you think a lot of times we, we, you know, we take those, those areas for granted. My dad, he tithed in excellence. He was excellent in writing his $20 a week check put in the, in the, in the offering box. Ever since I, I knew my dad, it was $20 a week. Now, he didn't understand the excellence of tithing biblically, but he was committed to it. I'm not saying it was right or wrong, because he gave in other ways. He, he served a lot, of different, a lot of different people that worked for him over the years. I've seen, I've seen him pay hospital bills. I've seen him take care of uh, you know different things for people that had worked for him. So I'm not saying anything bad about it. But I wonder if he really sat down and thought about doing that part of his life in excellence. Or serving, just just popping in and, and, and putting a couple minutes in or a little bit of time in in, in serving and, and saying, well, that was my excellence. The problem with our, our world today, and, and, I'm, and I'm speaking to the choir here, I know that. I know that. Because uh, well, Jacob's still, he's, he's the next generation down. But um, it's... Uh, Mediocrity has really hit our, our world, and not just his generation. I'm not, I'm, I believe, believe it or not, you give millennials a job to do, they'll knock it out of the park. But it's like me fishing for the first time with my grandpa. Just haven't been taught. We did justice to this next generation because we kept doing everything for them. Oh, you don't have to do that. I'll take care of it. No, son, I, I know you, you probably can run a chainsaw, but I'm, I'm going to do it. That's fine. A lot of these young people just need to get a saw in their hands or some tools in their hands and, and learn how to do it. But I believe that's where we need to come into it. Are we doing it in excellence? Are we, are we really tra tra training the next generation the way we need to? I've seen an older generation put him down. Say, you know what, you're young, you're just, you're just you know, coming out of college and, and you know, maybe, maybe you just need to do some different things for a little bit. Now, the district superintendent who, who said that to Jacob, you know, basically, he's not saying, you know what, we need our young people to be trained and to be built up and, and to take the reins on. And that's not our district superintendent either, so, so we can feel good about that. He's yet to talk to her. <laughs> but uh, but that's how, how that's how we we show excellence to the next generation, the next people. Because there's people that that even are our age that, that are doing things in a mediocre way, particularly in the biblical world. They're okay getting the Bible out once in a while. They're okay with coming on Christmas and Easter or whatever. They just don't know what excellence looks like for them. So that's what we need to do is, is help and train and, and, and build up. Not to criticize, cut down, throw them out the window. 
be teaching. And my prayer is that we teach the next generation the importance of excellence in a relationship with Christ. And as we develop that, and as we grow, and as we do things, we can be that example, that model. Because corporately, that's why we do it. That's why we gather. It's to model for one another. If I didn't have my brother to teach me how to study and how to get in the Word, I'd still be taking kids bowling. I still do. We get the Word out. But over the years of youth ministry now, you know, when we did go to a movie or something, and we look like freaks a lot of times. We'd gather, you know, 40, 50 kids out in the entryway of the, in the movie theater, and we'd do a devotion before we went in the movie. Or we'd do it afterwards and talk about the movie and that. But we wouldn't wait till the next week to talk about it. We'd sit right there in the lobby. Go bowling, we'd, we'd gather together. We'd get, we'd, we'd get together and we'd do devotions. The cruise mission trip that's coming up. When we first started that, I sat down with the guys that I, 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 I planned this with, and I said, if we don't do it in excellence, I don't want to do it. And they said, well, what does excellence look like to you? I said, well, excellence, it looks like to me, looks like a mission trip, not a cruise. And, and they said, well, okay, give me an example. Okay, I want to worship every night on a cruise boat. I don't know if that's possible, is it? I said, all things are possible with Christ. I said, we'll figure it out. I said, we're going to serve. We're not going to be, we're not going to be taking a, a tour of these areas that we're going to, to serve. You know, we're, we're, I see so many mission trips where it's more of a, more of a vacation and, and tour of the area than it is hands-on. And I said, okay, well, we're only going to be there from 8 in the morning until 5 in the afternoon. So that sounds like a lot of time to get a lot of work done to me. Okay. And I said, we're going we're gonna to treat the boat as our, as our transportation, our food, our lodging. How are you, you going to ignore the casino and the, and the dancing and the, all that stuff going on? All things are possible with Christ. So we sat down and we, we figured this all out. And uh, we, we do a pre, pre-planning cruise. A lot of people think, oh, you just want to get another, another uh, vacation out there. It's not a vacation. Four or six of us go every year when we do these cruise mission trips. And we plan out the transportation, the jobs, order the materials, pay for the materials, get the people that are going to cook food for the people that we're serving. And um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's quite an ordeal. And every year we take between 120 people with us. And Carnival has, has uh, adapted certain things around our crew, believe it or not, Norwegian has. And they give us an actual room on the ship that's probably the size of this sanctuary for our use, for the whole trip. We pack our stuff in there. We, we put the things together for, for what we're going to be taking on the island. We do our worship in there. We take sound equipment, uh, music equipment, everything on the boat. And, and it's amazing. And we don't stop with that, but we witness. We, we witness to the, to the crew members and the people that are actually on the boat, which... A lot of times they don't care about that, but uh, um, but there's a number of people that we've had come to our services. We've had a number of people over the years that have come to Christ by watching our mission bunch go off the boat every day and get, come back sweaty and dirty and stinky and come back on the boat. 
We had a group of um, medical students um, three years ago. They were in line with us checking in, and we all had our own, all the same shirts on. And we started uh, the mission trip in New Orleans, and we were, we were feeding the homeless downtown. And uh, so we were already hot and smelly and all that stuff. We're, we're getting on the boat. And these four guys said, well, what are you, what are you doing? And, and we explained to them. And uh, three of the guys said, oh, we, we came to party. And they came through. And they weren't with our bunch. They weren't with our bunch. They were just in line. And we got through the line. And I had this young man come up to me and said, he said, sir, he said, I got a really weird request. I said, what's that? He said, I want to join you all week. I said, well, I thought you guys came to kind of get away from the finals of uh, being a doctor and that stuff. He said, yeah, but I'm not part of here. He says, he says I love the Lord. He said, I love what you guys are, are, are wanting to do. So he joined us all week. And to this day, we, we keep in touch with him. He's a doctor now in New York. But uh, he helped uh, go to some of these places that we had to do blood pressure checks and, and sugar checks and all that kind of stuff. And, and he loved it. But it was that example of those 100 people going on this boat and, and to be honest, doing it in excellence because everything is planned out. Everything is, is timed out. There is no downtime. There's no, we tell anyone if you want to, you know, go party and, and go to the casino all that and go on a cruise. This is a mission trip. And, and it's done, like I said, in excellence. But we do that intentionally. Why? honor our God, show what Jesus Christ is about, and, and even through, you know, these people from, you know, the, the Philippine Islands and the, and the third world countries are serving on this boat, sitting down with them on, with coffee in the morning, talking about, about their life, they've been separated from their families for six months, and, and, and the only way they feed them is by able to serve, serve on a cruise ship. And watching their lives change because of people doing it in excellence. So that's why I'm praying that you consider a mission trip this year. I got some flyers up around. I got a sign-up thing in the back down back there. And uh, if you're interested at all, please talk to me. I would love to see you go. And and that's what that video was showing uh, when you first came in this morning. That was 2017. And again, our oldest that went on this thing was 92, I think. So Florence, you could be, you could beat. But um, but it's outstanding. I mean, it's uh, it's if you've never done a mission trip, it's probably the best one to go on because it is comfortable sleeping. You do have good food. You do have that kind of stuff. We do make sure you got transportation. Uh, Richard Funk went uh, went a couple years ago. He is uh, he is uh, a cancer real bad. He he had it real bad. And he was in one of those scooters. And, um, and we had about six, eight guys, big guys, pick him up on a scooter because you got to go on these small boats to get on the bigger, bigger, to the island sometimes. He said, well, I can't, I can't get on that. And before he could make any more excuses, those six guys had him picked up and put him on the boat. And, uh, and he loved it. And he loved every minute of it. So there is no age. age. It, it is a youth mission trip. Don't get me wrong. Because you'll see a lot of the youth there, but they're 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 there to do the work, a lot of the heavy work. Um, but I'll tell you, they love on the older folks because you're you're there showing example, and you're showing that you care about them, and you're pouring into them and being encouraging to them, and it's amazing. 
but it goes back to having an excellence in our relationship with the Lord first. So be praying about that. Think about that this week. Next week we're going to tackle one of the areas of excellence on serving the Lord. But, um, you know, the first week I want to make sure we got our, our uh, basics in, in, in order, that we're able to know, you know, why do we do these things? You know, it's not for the world, worldly admiration over us. You know, I, I care less what anyone thinks. You know, as far as um, getting getting things done, and and um, me personally being successful in anything about God. Scripture says, "Work for a man as if you were working for the Lord." I believe that. We need to be doing everything we do for Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, you are awesome and mighty, and we just thank you so much for your your word and your truth has surely set us free. Father, if we're struggling with this relationship thing with you at all, I pray that we just take time. We just sit down and see who you are and see all the great things that you've done. Father, each day is a new day. So Lord, if we we fall in and we fail one day, Lord, we can wake up the next morning and know that we we can restart. Father, we're all of us here are far from perfect. But I pray that our relationship with you at least hits the excellence. Because Lord, we don't want to be a, an example of mediocrity. But of excellence, of obedience and of love. So Lord, be with us now as uh, we go into our quiet time, our communion with you, Lord. Talk to us and speak to us in a new way. In your son's name we pray.